Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Very glad you're here. We come from a heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And so in the spirit of that heritage, we greet the divine on a Sunday morning by turning to the people to our right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Please say the words with me by which we light our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship today are the lyrics of a a blue song by John Lee Hooker. It's my own fault, darling, that you treat me the way you do. It's my own fault, darling, caused you to treat me the way you do. When you left me, darling, I was calling from town to town. Oh, won't you give me one more, more, one more chance? Oh, baby, won't you give me one more chance? Baby, I'll prove that I'm in love with you. You know I'll be traveling no more. It's my own fault, darling. I made you treat me the way you do. It's my own fault, darling. I made you treat me the way you do. Baby, I go alone. I just realized all I did. Oh, goodbye, baby. I know we may never meet again. Goodbye, baby. I know we may never meet again. But it's my own fault, darling. I made you treat me the way you did. It helps to know what you're doing. And one of the ways we remind ourselves what we're doing is that we say our mission together every Sunday. So here's what we're doing here. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Our meditation reading today is by Anne Petrie from The Street, and it's about Billie Holiday. Her voice had a thin thread of sadness running through it that made the song important, that made it tell a story that wasn't in the words, a story of despair, of loneliness, of frustration. It was a story that all of them knew by heart and had always known because they had learned it soon after they were born and would go on adding to it until the day they died. Now is the time in our service when we enter into an attitude of meditation and prayer together, where we speak or listen to God as we understand God, or where we listen to the wisdom that's inside us, or just watch our breath come in and out of our bodies. We bring our sadness, we bring our despair, we bring all the lists that are in our head, We bring our suspicion and uncertainty and hope and fear. We bring it to the silent place together. Let us enter into what Emerson called the wise silence, understanding that in this congregation, tiny noises of babies and the sounds of life are part of the silence.
What would be the first thing you'd say to the Lord? The last thing you would dream if you couldn't dream no more. Won't you please help me to understand? Is there no mercy in this land? No mercy in this land. about a sad song it just makes you feel better. I'm just a white lady trying to learn from the blues. I'm just a white lady trying to learn from the blues. Uh, it feels weird, but that's my identity. Nothing I can do about it. Put it out there. And I'm not a blues expert, but I love listening, and they make me feel something deep. And I wanted to learn from the blues uh, and share with you what I'm learning. 
So that's what this is. It's kind of a, a cliche that blues songs start with, I woke up this morning. But I read that this is deep. And it doesn't just mean I opened my eyes when the sun came up and I'm going to work, but it means I'm, I opened my eyes and I'm getting up. And here's what I'm probably going to face all day long. Maybe I'm going to face back-breaking work. This is in the early days of the blues. I'm going to face racial slurs every day. That could be in the early days of the blues or now. The boss is going to try to cheat me out of the money I'm owed. This is after slavery was abolished. Sharecropping had started, but it wasn't much better. And it means if I object, I'm in danger. So I have to be careful about how I talk about this, but you got to talk about it. Ralph Ellison said, The blues is an impulse to keep painful details and episodes of brutal experience alive in one's aching consciousness, to finger its jagged grain. The blues are the voice of a group of people who have been oppressed and alienated. And the blues help a person find a voice to attest to the hardships of life in a way that draws people in instead of pushing them away. John, John Stewart said, well, the Jews have been oppressed for 2,000 years and we complain all the time, but we never thought about setting it to music. So it's, it's a smart and healing way to talk about trauma. Because you can say, and you probably have, and you've heard friends say, my baby cheated on me, and it's changed how I feel about them, and I probably should break up with them, but I don't want to be lonely Or you could say, the thrill is gone, the thrill is gone away. My baby done me wrong, but she'll be sorry someday. It's just, it's just wonderful when somebody else talking about their pain makes you want to slow dance and feel that with them. It's magic. And this music can encapsulate the pain of life. It's not just the words. It's the expression in the words. And this whole genre of music, the blues, is a, is, it starts down in the delta on the plantations and then uh, Cornell West says it just drifts like mist up through state by state by state, and in Chicago it gets electrified and then sanctified. <laughs> um, there's a massive scale of exposure to painful 
trauma and loss and adversity associated with having endured the brutality of slavery and then sharecropping and then the Jim Crow laws, which built the oppression into the culture and then the terrorism of the KKK and beatings and lynchings that enforced the oppression and extreme poverty and harsh lives on the streets, frequent arrest, incarceration, being put in jail for not being able to make your bail, the criminalization of poverty, the experience of prison road gangs, which I still used to see in uh, North Carolina when I was a child, compounded by devastating and uprooting national, uh, natural disasters, which affect uh, poor and marginalized communities more than middle-class communities. All of that is put into the songs that create a container to hold and document these events and the memories and, and a platform to share the pain and the hope and the fear and the desire with other people. And everybody, you feel like dancing while you're also feeling this solidarity with the pain and this shared narrative of of what happened and that we're not going to forget what happened, individual pain and the, the pain of the whole group. There was research done at Mount Sinai Hospital on Holocaust survivors, and what they found was that um, trauma, especially sustained and severe trauma, changes your DNA and it can be passed through generations. PTSD can be inherited. And that when you're in a group which has experienced sustained pain and trauma and humiliation and uh, powerlessness in some way and struggle, the changes can create a different kind of brain wiring that you process emotions differently, you regulate emotions differently. Um, This is not in everybody, but it can happen in that the Mount Sinai study said that many, uh, many offspring and grandchildren of Holocaust survivors suffer with depression because of this Um, change in the DNA, and nobody has studied the black community in this way that I could find. Big surprise. So the blues can create this story um, of what happened and can keep holding the story up, because what's so interesting is that um, our culture, our American culture, keeps trying to erase the story. As I hear all the time, even very nice people, very smart white people, saying, well, we're all a nation of immigrants. Really? 
because I don't call being dragged here in chains immigration. But it's easy to forget if you have the privilege to forget. Twelve million African teachers, mothers, fathers, children, medicine people, farmers, and merchants were captured and dragged to the Americas in chains. About 350,000 were brought to North America to the 13 colonies, and the rest of the 12 million were sold to the sugar plantations of the Caribbean and Brazil. You hear politicians saying, America was built on freedom and enterprise. I heard somebody say that the other day. Really? Because the labor, the free labor of enslaved men, women, and children was one of the largest engines of the American economy. The economy that we enjoy today. not just in the South. Much money was made in the Northeast from the buying and selling of enslaved men and women and the products they produced with their labor. Makes me feel like that. There was an article even in Forbes magazine 2017 about how much of our economy is um, built on literally on the backs of enslaved men and women. And so when your, your people have had this experience and when people in the dominant culture aren't taught about it, don't hear about it, uh, when the story is completely ignored and or erased, it's, it's enough to make you feel crazy. And so hearing the story over and over again is a healing thing because like, yeah, that did happen. Yes, we had that flood and this many people died. Yes, my baby left me and it was because I cheated on her. It was my own fault, which is what Tomas read as the call to worship. The blues is a wonderful, brilliant way to work out individual and group pain. And there are ongoing arguments among blues scholars um, about whether uh, only black people who have descended from slaves are allowed to sing the blues. And other people say, yeah, but other people have trauma too. And it's like, yeah, uh-huh. But the blues has a format. It's got, it's usually four, four time. Usually re you repeat the first two um, sentences, the first sentence twice. Usually the chord progression is the same and usually the scale is the same. I won't bore you with all the music theory. But, so anybody can play the blues, but can anyone have that expression of the trauma of a whole people through the blues? No, I don't think so. But I think 
other people in other cultures do sing the blues and feel the blues deeply, and they are expressing their pain, but it's a um, it's the pain of a, a variant of cultural expression derived from a different kind of experience. Those are the words of a scholar named Philip Jenkins. Outsiders can sing the blues, but it should be understood, understood that what is being sung in these cases is a variant of a cultural expression derived from a very different kind of experience. You don't have the experience of living day-to-day as African-American in America. You can't pretend to understand what that's like. So I was doing some learning last week um, about this. In my Southern culture, come from the Carolinas and from white people in Philadelphia, uh, the way we deal with bad things happening is to not talk about it, or if we do talk about it, we whisper, like you go, what is wrong with Aunt Clara? And they go, oh, honey, she married a Catholic. (laughs) Or she has cancer. It's okay. That's a culture. It's the way we do it. But I have to learn as the leader of a spiritual community to, uh, if I want to understand restorative justice which is justice, which heals, I have to learn to say the words. It's a tremendous taboo in my culture to say the words. When I got here, um, many of the people in the congregation identified as white, which is still the case. Um, And this congregation had just gone through a huge upheaval where they had uh, dismissed the minister. That causes tremendous pain. It's like going through a divorce. Even if it needs to happen, it's still horrendous. And no one was really talking about it. And I knew as a trained family therapist that you have to talk about things that happened But then my family therapy training and my Southern training kind of melded. And so uh, we talked about what happened in a kind of a vague way. I called it the troubles. We had the troubles. Learned that from Northern Ireland. So we got to talk about it, but we haven't really talked about it saying all the words. And um, this week I had a couple of conversations. One was about uh, this congregation's relationship with the indigenous community in Austin. We invited this guy named Fidel to come do a presentation about water protectors. And he said he was bringing some Navajo friends to do a water ceremony, lead us through that, and... Um, he had a documentary about the water protectors, and we checked him out, did our due diligence, called references, looked on social media. He seemed okay, but I'm here to tell you he was not okay. I wasn't here. I was uh, out at the time in, in Mexico studying, and what I heard about what happened was 
there were some folks who were from the indigenous community who came to see him uh, because there was had been some trust built up between the community and this congregation. And he was inauthentic, shallow. Um, he did not have Navajo friends with him. The water ceremony seemed very fake, and it was led by this white lady who sang kind of fake Native songs. So that's all I've heard about. I haven't heard more details than that about what happened, except that uh, one of the members of the indigenous community here, one of the leaders, Matt Davila, uh, was here and raised an objection toward the end. And Fidel was rude and dismissive of him. I don't know if any of y'all were there. But I'm, I'm, we're still trying to figure out how to mitigate the harm that we caused by having Fidel here, the culture vulture Fidel. And so I am still in the middle of trying to figure out how to apologize um, to the community because a community is a hard thing to apologize to, I think. And what I was hearing from the person I was talking to was, say the words, say the words of what happened, which is why I just said all the words of what I know happened here. Say the words. And I said, I don't understand what you mean, say the words. I don't know what, you're, what you mean, and I'm going to think about it. And so by I'm going to think about it means I, call, I called Jules, and I said, Jules, do you know what this means? And she said, yeah. What it means is that when there has been damage done, when there has been a trauma, you may not be trusted to remember what happened if you are not the one to whom damage was done. And if you say the words, it means that you still have that in mind and that you're carrying your history with you rather than just sweeping it under the rug or being vague about it then there's this big lump under the rug and you trip over it. But if we can carry our history with us and be uh, clear that we understand what happened or as clear as you can be as a, as a white lady who wasn't there, um, that can help with the healing of people who were there and who were damaged and who are not over it yet, and who think if you don't say the words, you might be over it and moving on before they are over it. Does that make sense? So blues theology, I think, says to us, say the words, and say the words as many times as you can. If you are a person who has been traumatized, the way that people process trauma is through retelling what happened. Retelling. And so many of us who listen to people who are processing trauma might say, I have heard this 71 times. Are you not over this yet? But no, the way the brain processes a pain that was too great at point of impact to process is by re retelling and retelling and retelling. And so in the blues, there are shouts that come from the field shouts in the Delta where 
the men and women who were working sang, shouted to each other. Sunhouse said, we just shouted. Uh, we weren't really singing, but we were kind of singing. And you would say, my, my woman's so mean, and she takes all my money, but what you really meant was, this boss man is so mean, and he's going to take all our money. But you can't say that, because you'll get hurt. And in the blues also, the music expresses disharmony because you have what they call blue notes where you don't really hit the note and it makes a tension and then you come up to the note and it releases the tension. Does that make sense? And so in the very music itself, there's building and releasing of tension and an expression of disharmony in life all to a dance beat that makes you want to slow dance. And when you can sing your pain and dance at the same time, over and over and over again, that can be a healing thing. And I think people from all cultures can learn from the blues. And I think we have to sit at the feet of the artists who have experienced the trauma in their people and maybe for many among us, it's our people. My people think it's shameful to struggle. Uh, I think that might be Calvinism. But that if you're struggling, it means you're doing something wrong. That God is not blessing you. And I think people who are uh, less privileged or more marginalized than my people... Um, know that struggle is life. That's how you live. It's always going to be there. If you can't be in pain and dance at the same time, um, then uh, you can't tell everybody that struggle is normal and we are just in the middle of life here together. There's a wonderful book by Wynton Marsalis called Letters to a Young Musician, or just to a young musician, I think it's called. And man, it's just a, an amazing book. The way he writes is strong and rich and true. And he says, living is a positive experience. That's what the blues teaches you. That's why it continues to exist, and that's why it's in so much music. Yeah, all of this tragic stuff happened to you, but you're still here, and you can still express being here with style, like laughing to keep from crying, and you keep dancing, man. The Wisdom of Wynton Marsalis. And now will you say with me, the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee nor leaves thy sight, and I am thine, I rest in thee. 
Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.